here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 107 FM in Kruenstadt. For a little bit of inspiration, I'm joined in studio by David Ntlapo. David Ntlapo is the founder of an organization called I Am Victorious Foundation. He joins me in studio. Very good afternoon. Why the name I Am Victorious? Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Pamela. Good afternoon to your listeners. I Am Victorious means I'm a winner. I'm a conqueror. Uh, you must be in a battle. You must be in a ring. You must be in a boxing ring to call yourself I'm victorious so through the battles that I went through uh, the situation that I went through I today call myself I'm victorious because I've managed to pull myself up when it seems easier to give up in life hence I call myself I'm victorious it's a difficult story that you have to tell yes Um, you were shot I think it was in 2016 yes 2016 January Mm. what happened Ah, uh, it was Saturday afternoon. I was going to my place uh, with my girlfriend, who was uh, uh, seven months pregnant by mm-hmm. the time. So on our way, uh, we were mugged by two boys uh, who came out of the hole. You were walking? Yeah, we were walking by the time. Uh, so they came uh, to us, uh, shot at us. So what do you mean a hole? Was it like a man? It was a construction site. I see. Yeah, uh, just next to where we were staying. Mm. So they just came out of nowhere, came to us and marked us. And I was shot twice. So those two bullets went straight to my spine and cut my spine into two. That's why I'm do in you, a wheelchair today. Do you remember the incident? Do you know what happened? But do you do you re- remember what happened on the day? Yes, I remember. Uh, the, the first thing that happened is that... They, they went to her and demanded the bag mm-hmm. because she was holding the bag. And then what happened immediately, she panicked and started having uh, panic attacks. She started sweating. And she, she said to me, David, I think I'm going to give birth. So while I was still concentrating on her and seeing what's happening with her, that's when the argument arose between the two guys. They said, okay, man, why are you not taking the, the bag? And the guy said, but the lady's bending. How am I going to take the bag? And the guy said, you are wasting our time. If you're not going to take the bag, I will take the bag myself. That's when he pulled out the gun. So the moment he pulled out the gun, I was just in front. When I tried to say, man, wait, man, can't you see the situation of the lady? The lady, that's when he got irritated, shot at me, and then they took the bag and fled. So because I was in motion, those two bullets, they came straight to my shoulder and cut off my, my spine. How do you feel about those two people now? Do you, were they arrested? No, they were not arrested, actually. Uh, there were some investigations on the case uh, until later, 2016. But the case just died, you know. I don't know what happened about the case. So it was the case of what do I do with that situation going forward. So it was all on me. Uh, because uh, though it was not easy, it was very, very difficult. But I had to reach a point where I had to forgive everything that happened on that day. You know, sometimes in life you have to forgive the people that even don't deserve your forgiveness or the people that are not sorry just for you to be able to to move on past on the situation. So I had to do that. I had to forgive. I had to forgive them. Would you recognize them if they went past today? Uh, it was a bit dark, you know. I think I remember them for, for a while, but I think... Uh, I just wiped them out of my memory, out of my mind. So I won't uh, even recognize them. Mm. Yeah. 
And there is obviously the case and then there is life that needs to continue. Definitely. There's life that needs to continue. You know, um, it was a big transition for me. I mean, for 33 years of my life, I was working. So immediately now there's this big change. There is a big thing now. I'm no longer working. So it took a lot. I had to dig deep. I had to find the strength that I didn't even know that I have. You know, I had to 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 give my situation a new meaning. You know, I had to say, but God, I didn't die. I'm still alive. And I had to find solace on that. I had to develop a grateful attitude of saying I'm still alive. And I had to go online as well and to look, uh, search for people who are living with disabilities, people who are, were in my situation, and I had to see how they pull themselves up, you know. And I, I think I made an intentional decision about that. I said, you know what, I'm not dead, I'm still alive, and I'm going to live for my two boys, I'm going to live my best life ever. If I'm going to be in a wheelchair, then I will live my best life ever in a wheelchair. How soon did you know that you'll not be walking again? The following day, you know, uh, they took me to the first hospital. I think it was in Pretoria West. Uh, that's where I dozed off because the following day I woke up in Steve Beak. I was surrounded by doctors, by nurses, you know, giving me those bad news. They, they were like, oh, you are, you are very lucky to survive, you know, because you are shot at a close range. But the unfortunate part is that you'll never be able to walk again. You'll never be able to have kids again. So your, your, your spine is badly damaged. So that's the second day of my injury. So it was a lot to take. When you heard that, what, what went through your mind initially? Honestly, uh, I don't know what happened because I, maybe I didn't believe. I was still in shock. You know, all that I wanted by that time was the pain that I'm feeling to go away from my body because my body was heavy. It was like I've been I've been hit by a train. So I didn't take what they're saying to me into mind. That only you know came in later because there, there was a lot. I was still uh, trying to make sense of what happened uh, yesterday. So them saying that it, you know I only thought about it at a later stage. Going forward, at what point did you start thinking, and I, I, I can also be of help and service to other people and, and put this foundation together? Uh, you know, it started in rehab. Uh, after the hospital, I was sent to rehab. Uh, rehab is where you go in to learn how to be independent in the wheelchair. You're now in your life. You know, it started in rehab. Uh, we started with prayer groups in rehab because now in rehab, we are all the same. We are, all, we are all in wheelchairs, others have other uh, spine issues as well. So we started in rehab, we started making prayer uh, prayer session, motivational session. And I was there, you know, helping others as well. Because in rehab, you must understand that it's, it's, it's a variety of people with disabilities. So you have others that cannot, that cannot even move their 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 neck, they cannot move their ear. So I was there helping them to feed others and stuff like that. And I started encouraging others. And, you know, when I came out of rehab, I was called back to rehab. I said, man, we noticed something. The time that you were in rehab, you could speak to patients. They loved you. They could relate to you. And we would love you to come back and speak to them. So that's when I started. I, I saw, I said, okay. mm, at the very same rehab you were going through? Yes, yeah, so at the same rehab that I was going through. And the other thing is the, the guys that I was with, about eight of them, they passed away. And sure. not because of the injuries, but 
about the depression. So I also came to understand that this thing, it's more of a mental battle than anything else. So I started learning about the power of the mind. I started learning about personal development, you know, uh, becoming the better version of yourself, you know, that's when that thing grasped me. And I think by that time, that's when we, we had a lot of people dying with depression as well. I remember the case of Dr. Mayosi, something like that. So, yeah, then I started saying, okay, cool, man. So most of us, we we are coming to these decisions of suicides and giving up mostly because of not the surroundings that we face. But I think we are more mentally defeated. So that's when I started embarking on this journey of being motivational speaker, going to coaching and, you know, really turning my pain and my struggle into power. I'm in conversation with David Ntlapo, who is a founder of an organization called I Am Victorious Foundation. You're more than welcome to give us a call. And I don't know whether you want to add your voice to the story. What a powerful story it is. 891 You're listening to SAFM's Life Happens. And my name is Pimelo Motin. Call Pimelo Mutine now. I'm in conversation with David Ntlapo, who's a founder of I Am Victoria's Foundation. And uh, if you were listening to this before we went to the ad break, what a powerful story it is. David was shot in 2018, 2016, I beg your pardon, twice by robbers. Um, I, I have to ask you what happened to your girlfriend? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> That was another gunshot as well. Eh? Uh, unfortunately, the relationship didn't work. But was she injured at all at that no, during the she, incident? You know, uh, fortunately, uh, she gave uh, birth uh, to a healthy baby boy. Oh. She was not injured. Okay. She was not uh, wounded in any way. Okay. Yeah. So we had a we have a beautiful son. Oh, He's turning four years old this year. Okay. Yeah, his name is Ofense, meaning I'm victorious as well. Mm, that's, yeah. uh, no, that's fantastic to hear, mm. actually. You you know, I'm just, I'm curious at how you found the balance um, when while you were in rehab, reaching out to others. Mm-hmm. You know, when you started focusing on yourself. Yes. When did that happen? Uh, you know, uh, it is post-rehab when I started focusing on myself. Because now you must know that, uh, like I said, it was a new transition. Uh, I was now up abnormal in a so-called normal world. So I had to develop myself. I had to go on this journey because I knew that for me to be a better father, to, for me to be a better person in the future, then I have to be in conversation with my inner world. So I took a deep, 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 deep. Uh, uh, journey on that so I went online like I said you know I started reading books and then I just started loving myself more you know I remember I would wake up every day and I would look myself in the mirror and just I would appreciate how handsome I am (laughs) you know yeah you know I would appreciate the strength that God has given to me and I would go into deep worst scenarios and and I, w- I would say to myself, but this could have happened. This could have happened. And I would remind myself again. But you remember in the rehab, there was this lady who had her face bent. There was this lady who could only use her ears, only her neck. But you, David, you are in a better position because you can still use your half body. So those are the things that I had to bring into my space. I had to find uh positives in the midst of negatives and that was my daily thing you know and it built me it built me until 
the person that I am today. And I continue with that every day. I never stopped. I love the mirror so much because that's where I can conversate with myself. So we uh, we will take those calls on 891 Dr. Sipos Tolle is calling us uh, from Johannesburg. Good afternoon. Thanks for calling, Dr. Tolle. Hi. Uh, thank you, Pimel. Uh, first, let me make sure that uh, David does not think I'm a medical doctor. <laughs> I'm an anthropologist. Okay. So you're not going to get any medical. <laughs> I would have but, loved uh, that. Man, yeah, your story, your story is just amazing. And I saw with that um, my brother was, was still alive today because he was also shot. Mm. And paralyzed. The bullet also went through his spine. Mm. But that was way back 2000 and was it 2000, 2000, 2006? And um, he, he he lived for another six years, but I think he he couldn't take it. And mm. I just wish I had listened to this call. I would have probably put him through to you because your your story is just amazing. I just wanted to say it's a sad story, but it just gives hope that all is not lost when people go through such. And 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 uh, I'm we're just happy for life, my man. Mm. Really, that's, I don't have any other words except to say I'm really inspired by your story. Thank you, Rosipos. Thank you so much for yeah. calling. Uh, that's that's quite encouraging. Um, I'm just listening to him now. It's the same story as what you're saying about other people. Yes. People just cannot take. It's too difficult. Emotionally, it, it gets a bit too much. It's, it's, it's too much. You know, no one expects to be in this situation. So sometimes, you know, when this thing hits you, you know, it can really be the end. It can throw you in the darkest hole that you will never be able to, to bring yourself up. Hence, I'm saying I regard myself fortunate and blessed, you know, to to have this kind of strength and uh and it's it has become part of my mission as well you know i've went to 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 schools where i would speak with learners then i would do coachings with the teachers as well and you know after the sessions you will have teachers come into me and say you know what you have just lifted me up like i was I thought that it's only me who's facing this this situation in my life. But hearing your story, hearing my see my problem, not to say that my problem is it's it's smaller or what, but your story like just gives me hope and tells me like no matter how many times I fall or whatever I go through, I can still live with a positive mindset. So it's it has become inspiration to a lot of people. What does your organization do? I'm victorious. Uh, firstly, uh, we we make people to realize the strength that lies dormant within them. I believe that, you know, when your inner power, it's much stronger. Your inner world, it's well-fed. Um, you can be able to face whatever obstacles comes in your way. So we do the mental coaching. We do the personal coaching. We do, you know... We go to, to schools, we develop young boys. You know, I have a passion for young boys as well. The uh, reason being, I was shot by young boys. Those boys were young. They were about two, two yeah, 22, 23. So I, I, I made it my, my mission to understand what could have caused that. And you find a lot of, lot of reasons. You find boys that grow very angrily. You know, they come from a poor background, uh, not to justify their actions, but others, lack of father figures, others, they were abused. So if they don't find someone, if they don't find someone who comes and coach them and motivate them and say to them, look, there are other means of making life. There are other means of prospering in life. So those boys become bullies. Those boys, tomorrow they grow. 
tomorrow they grow and they become husbands you know they and they tomorrow they become husbands who abuses their spouses tomorrow those boys they grow they become in uh in, in big positions in the company they become ceos you know they might be well uh, uh, educationally but that doesn't mean that they have a personal development mm. you know they go there they abuse their power so it's it's a lot of factors it's a lot of things that makes people to be angry and people are not willing to forgive because they need someone to reach out and understand what they have been through so that's basically part of my mission through the foundation. Mm. Let me take a call from Mosa in Nelspreet. Good afternoon, Mosa. Hi. Uh, good afternoon, Pamela. How are you? Good. Thank you. Go ahead, Mosa. Uh, hi, Dave. How are you? I'm good. And you, Mosa? I'm good. Uh, my name is Mosa um, in Nelspreet. Mm. I'm also a spinal injury survivor. If I may ask, what level are you? I'm chief or paraplegic. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Pamela. Which means I'm complete. Because we uh, have the others who are half, that they can lose use their legs or they have a certain feeling on the sides and everything. I see. Yes, and you have others that I see that can only use their neck. So it's a it's a lot of things. And and you are your category is? It's T four. What what does that mean? It means I don't have a feeling uh, from 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 my, your waist down or, or yeah, from your yes, chest. Yeah, from from, from uh, yeah it's, from the waist the, down. The T is for thorax. Uh, yeah. It means at thorax level level four. Mm, so it's, it's it's a bit low yours. Mine is T twelve, and I just want to say, man. Um, what is T twelve, Musa? <laughs> it means uh, mine is a little bit higher. Okay. I've got more functionality of the upper body. Yes. Oh, I see. Compared okay. to to today. David. Okay. But we are almost the same. Um, I'm also paraplegic. Mine is a bit longer and it was different. It was through a car accident. I just want to say, David, man, uh, you, are, you, are, you are quite inspiring. Mm. Uh, keep doing what you do and we really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Masa. All right. Man. Thank you. Thank you very much for the, thanks very much for that, Musa. That's um, quite something. Yeah, That's same WhatsApp group, T4s and T4s. <laughs> Gerald, uh, you're calling us from Durban High. Yeah, hi, and hi to David. Yeah, I mean, this is like a soul-destroying story, you know. I mean, I'm just surprised that he still has so much motivation. But, you know, this is a story you know, that many South Africans have. And, uh, uh, I mean, the truth is that the criminal justice system has failed us. Mm-hmm. Firstly, you know, we're all living in fear in this country, and that this is the worst kind of thing that could possibly happen to you. And, uh, you know, South Africans need to hold those in charge of the criminal justice system to account because we shouldn't be living in fear and we shouldn't have people like David ending up getting shot. It's just, you know, and people do it because it's simply the chances of getting caught is, is, is slim because the criminal justice system has been disabled to keep connected people out of jail. Mm. I mean, it's just a very simple thing that aired on carte blanche a little while back. It was about the DNA project and the DNA pro- project wanted to go ahead with uh, um, uh, you know, collecting a DNA database of serious criminals who are about to be released. So if they re-offended, they could easily be caught and linked to crime. But this uh, uh, um, uh, current Minister of Police seems to be the one that is uh, the, the, the spoke in the wheel of that project. He, he wants everyone to be on the DNA database. And one just cannot imagine why someone would 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 rather would, would want to uh, sabotage something like a DNA database because then crimes in this country will be solved and once crimes start being solved then there's less chance of the perpetrators committing them because the reason why they commit them because there's absolutely no consequence.
Harold, thank you so much for calling. David, thank you very, very much. You've been an inspiration to many. We'll give people all your details, all your social media contact details. Really, thank you for coming through. David Ndlapo, the founder of RM Victoria's Foundation. Two o'clock, let's get to Greg Host for the very latest in uh, SABC News.